You are listening to the Faithful Fanatic Podcast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network, sponsored by DraftKings. Head over to DraftKings.com today and use promo code TPPN at sign up to unlock exclusive DraftKings deals. And I'll drop all the special DraftKings promos later on this episode, but make sure to head over to DraftKings using promo code TPPN at sign up. For today's episode, I have the return of 49ers Super Bowl champion, Mike Schumann Shu. First and foremost, thank you so much for coming on with me today. Uh, no problem, buddy. Anytime, and especially after the big win in Chicago. So something positive to talk about. Seriously, and what I think we're going to do today, we're going to keep it all positive because when you're on a four-game losing streak and it was the 49ers' sixth losing streak under Kyle Shanahan, that was three games or greater. They were in a little bit of a funk, and for four weeks it felt like the sky was falling for a little bit tension building between Kyle Shanahan and the fan base. Is this the right guy? A lot of questions being raised and fair questions being raised. So having a win to kind of focus on and cool everything down because it's been a very, very unfortunate and maddening stretch of 49ers football. And then they go into Chicago and luck out a little bit, not to take anything away from their victory, but the elephant in the room is that they were missing their head coach and Matt Nagy, which may have even helped them a little bit because Matt <laughs> Nagy is not um, a fan favorite in Chicago as far as his play calling goes. And he, the, people feel he may be holding Justin Fields back a little bit, and Justin Fields looked great on Sunday. We'll talk about him later on this show. And they were out with Khalil Mack. And Jimmy Garoppolo was not touched in this game. It was Jimmy Garoppolo's best Game, I feel like, in quite some time. And it was just a huge win for the 49ers to go in there to Chicago and have their first feel-good win of the year because you go back to week one, the game against the Detroit Lions where they were up by so many points. And then the Lions made their comeback. And Jason Verrett gets hurt. They recover the onside kick that goes off of George Kittle's face mask. And then you have the Eagles game where the team couldn't score in the first half. And they ended up winning that game. And it was the same situation where the Eagles – um, cut it down a single possession game at the end. So you weren't feeling too good about that. And then you see other teams go into Philadelphia, Philadelphia travels into their place and they're struggling against every other team. You go on the four game losing streak and here you go to Chicago, you win a football game and it feels good. Well, I tell you, it was the best they've looked all year, obviously. Jimmy, I think threw for about 320, scored two running touchdowns. I think he wants <laughs> to show us that Trey Lance is the only guy who can run the ball. And Kyle stayed with his plan. Kyle, see, you and I talked about it last time we were on. He gets something going, and they get. Oh, we lost you. And, uh, you know, go off off script. So I think the offense, then Elijah Mitchell, he's got to be the steal of the draft this year. Sixth round, uh, he had 148 yards rushing, and they had almost 500 yards of total offense. Still struggled on third down, but uh, all in all, I think on the offensive side of the ball, you know, Debo making plays, uh, Brandon Ayuk got involved. He had his best game. So it looked like a team that, you know, we were expecting to come out of the shoot this year. Most definitely. Going back to Jimmy Garoppolo, this was his best game of the season. And I really like the QBR stat that ESPN sends out. It's different than a quarterback pass rating which I believe the high score is 158.3 or whatever it is. QBR, they factor in how much each quarterback contributed to their game. If they win, their loss, how much they kind of contribute and influence the, 
each game. So this was Garoppolo's fourth highest QBR rating, 85.6, and that's over the course of his entire 49er tenure. His top game was 2019 where he scored a 93.7 quarterback rating through ESPN. It was the Halloween night against the Cardinals. The feels great, baby. Uh, it was that night where he threw for four touchdowns over 300 yards. The Jacksonville game in 2017 where the 49ers took down the Jaguars' top-ranked defense in that magical run to close out the season. The Titans game in 2017. So we saw 2017 like Garoppolo in this game where he was just playing so freely and with a lot of confidence. He finished 17 for 28, and there was a lot of drops that he had to deal with. His yeah. completion percentage should be a lot higher than what it actually was. The 322 yards that you touched on, and he delivered – that great deep throw to Debo Samuel before halftime, which really helped generate some momentum. And of course, Samuel had that 85-yard screenplay to set the 49ers up with first and goal from the one-yard line. So his passing yards were a little inflated through that sense, but hey, I, they count, right? So he threw for 322. The 49ers are undefeated, undefeated when Jimmy Garoppolo throws for over 300 yards during his time in San Francisco. And you also touched on his two rushing touchdowns. How about this? Jimmy Garoppolo, three rushing touchdowns on the year. More rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I didn't know. What's <laughs> that? So, no, nah, he's, uh, you know, like I said, he just was playing more freely. Uh, I think he felt confident he was back home. You know, sometimes that can work for you or against you. But uh, it was good to see him play well, you know, so – and all along, we have felt, I think both of us, that uh, Kyle's going to stick with Jimmy as long as he's healthy. You know, and uh, I think now you might see him start to work uh, Trey in a little bit more. But I think Jimmy still gives you the best chance to win. And they're not out of it. They're, what, three and four now? No, got not at all. They're far in. from out Kyle of it. Murray. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think it's Colt McCoy is the backup quarterback. There. Yes, he so, is. So, uh, you know, they can just continue to you know, build on this win. And it seems like, you know, it's amazing what winning does for a locker room. You know, exactly. so I think however divided it might have been on this quarterback situation, it seems to have brought them all together. And then this week they get, looks like uh, George Kittle, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Robbie Gold back. So, uh, you know, you're getting some reinforcements now uh, on a team that was lacking in a, in a lot of positions. So. I think it's looking up, and if they could just kind of build off of this, you know, maybe get into sneaking that wild card spot. Definitely. And it's funny looking at Garoppolo and how that first half went. It was frustrating because the 49ers were moving the ball at will. They were having no problem moving the ball. It was the drops. Trent Williams had a hold that set them back a little bit. But they found themselves having scoring opportunities on all four of their drives. All four drives ended in a field goal attempt. Joey Sly, who got waived earlier today, was Robbie Gold's replacement, went three of four on those field goals. And it was just frustrating because you see all the drops. And it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo's fault that the offense couldn't score touchdowns. He was being held back by his receivers. Of course, the ball placement, you can make that argument that he was throwing behind Debo Samuel on one of the drops. But these are NFL receivers. Quarterback and receivers need to help each other out. And I, I sent something out right before that final drive that you have to consider going to Trey Lance just to help generate a spark because they couldn't find the end zone for the life of them in the first half, which has been the story far too often this year for the 49ers. And sure enough, the moment I tweet that out, I should have waited the final drive. I should have waited because <laughs> yeah. that the final 58 sec seconds, here comes Garoppolo's deepest ball as far as air distance goes this year. Beautifully 
hit Samuel in stride, gets tackled at the four-yard line, whatever it was. And then the next play after the timeout, he couldn't hit Samuel for the touchdown. And here comes the second half. The 49ers go on this run. And you touched on Elijah Mitchell being the steal of the draft. Najee Harris, the first running back selected, local kid from Antioch. Here is his stat line rushing-wise. 128 yards, 400 and uh, I'm sorry, 128 carries for 479 yards and two touchdowns. That's specifically on the ground, and that's in seven games. Mitchell has 81 carries for 433 yards, so only oh. about 40 yards behind him in five touchdowns on the ground. Najee Harris has a lot more um, ca- pass catching ability. He has 279 receiving yards. Mitchell only caught four passes all year, so Harris is more well rounded for sure. But as far as impact strictly running the football, Mitchell has been the steal of the draft by a, a landslide. He's producing way more than Najee Harris is on the ground. Harris is averaging 3.7 yards per carry. It's ranked almost 40th in the league yards per attempt. Elijah Mitchell, eighth at 5.3. Mitchell's picking up nearly a yard and a half more per carry. Of course, that goes to show the 49ers offensive line, which has been great for the past couple years run blocking. But Mitchell looks real good. He's a perfect fit. He's a perfect fit. And then it makes you a little more frustrated that he didn't get the ball more in Trey Lance's first career start against the Cardinals. But we're not we're not going down that road today. Yeah. We're, keeping it, we're keeping it positive. But 100%, Mitchell has been the steal and just a huge lifeline for the 49ers to rely on this year. So um, he's interesting to watch, too. He's uh, – He's like Roger Craig had the high knee movement. Elijah keeps, he's kind of shuffles. And it's amazing his instincts, the way he feels, uh, the, where the pressure is coming. That long run he had, he avoided more tackles and hits. It was just amazing to watch. So he's a fun back to watch. You know, and you love to see these guys that come out of nowhere. I think it's Louisiana Lafayette where he played. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show you, it doesn't matter where you play college ball. If you can play football, you can play football. So, and you got to give that offensive line some credit. Jimmy had all day to throw. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they, they that was probably the credit. best game collectively those five played, you know, all season. So just all kind of uh, worked out in the, for the team as a whole. And it could have come at a better time. You're midway through the season. And, uh, you know, now you get back into the division. you got to win division games. So here on out, that's key for the 49ers to give them a chance to maybe get to the wild card. And talking about the offensive line and the physicality that Elijah Mitchell runs with, He's way up there in yards after contact that he's picking up, way, way up there. And my favorite play was the little rugby scrum to get into the end zone where he took the ball from the goal line, was hit at about the five, and then here come all the offensive linemen, just their will versus the will of the Bears, and Jimmy Garoppolo comes in to finish it off from behind. I love those type of plays, and it just goes to show that the 49ers were the more physical team on Sunday against the Bears, especially in the trenches. Granted, like I mentioned earlier, Khalil Mack was out one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Their safety, Eddie Jackson from Alabama, who's been in the league for a while, very physical. He got hurt early on in that game. But, you know, it, it's not it's not to take anything away from the 49ers because they've been in the position as the Bears so many times with the injuries that they dealt with. And that's just the NFL this day and age where you have – players missing time for COVID. You have coaches missing time for COVID. Players are out far more frequently than they've been in forever since the NFL um, started, you know? So you catch your breaks and teams catch their breaks against you for like the Packers last year, for example, on Thursday night football, when the 49ers got hit with COVID and their entire 
team was out and what could have been a competitive game was completely lopsided and the Packers win by a blowout even though Nick Mullins was supposed to start that game anyway, but he had no one to throw the ball to. He had no one to block for him. Trent Williams was out with as a close contact with COVID. So that's just the NFL, and maybe they catch a break coming up with Kyler Murray, and we're going to talk about this upcoming stretch that they have momentarily. Let's talk about a cause for concern, the defense, because the Bears had one of the worst offenses in the NFL going to this game. This kid, Khalil Herbert, who began the year as their third-string running back, had a pretty good game. He only averaged about three yards per carry, but he found some gaping holes, which is a big concern. The 49ers have the 27th-ranked rushing defense in the NFL, which is a pretty big fall-off. They're missing Javon Kinlaw, who is going to have season-ending um, knee surgery, which is a big concern. They made the trade today to pick up Charles Omenenu, I believe you say his last name, from the Texans, and he has some defensive line versatility where he can play out on the edge, he can play inside. But it sounds like we might see a lot more of Eric Armstead play in that interior to maybe solve some of the run game woes that they're experiencing right now. How do you feel about that move to pick up a, a pass rusher, a big one at that, six foot five, 280 pounds, was drafted in the fifth round out of Texas in 2019, has seven career sacks, none this year, two um, both over the previous two seasons, 2019, 2020. He had 16 quarterback hits last year in 15 um, games, so over a quarterback hit per game. It sounds like the, the 49ers might have found something. We'll see what he looks like, but at least they're kind of acknowledging their defensive line isn't meeting expectations right now for as talented of a group as it is, and they're trying to do something about it. Well, that was you know supposedly the strength of this team, and then when Ken Law went down, like you said, Eric Armstead has been moving around. I think they'd like to move him inside, like you said, to kind of plug up the run games. And uh, was that, what is it, Omen Inahu? He's, uh, you know, you got to wonder, 6'5", 280, he's a specimen. He has a motor. You know, why is Texas giving him up? Although Texas has given up a lot. A lot. So, but that's a great get, if you ask me, because it gives you some depth. D4 seems to be injured a lot. And, uh, you know, if you just have Boza coming in there, they can kind of shut it down. So I think it's a great addition. And it's tough on uh, the trade deadline to get offensive players because you have to, like Deshaun Jackson's out there. You know, I might take a chance on it, but offensive players have to learn a, a new offense. And you just can't do that in a short amount of time. So it takes you four weeks almost to get on, on the same pace. Whereas a defensive player, like uh, the kid they picked up, you can just let him go for the quarterback, you know. So, yeah, he's got to learn the defense and the schemes. But it's a lot easier for a defensive player to come in on a trade than an offensive player. So I think it's a great get and, uh, you know, adds a little, I didn't think they were going to do much, you know, Kyle's kind of hinted that, you know, don't look for a whole lot. So I think what they did get is going to help. And, uh, you know, he's got a passive physical and then, uh, you know, he'll be playing Sunday against the Cardinals. So I think that's a great get. And, uh, you know, the defense needs some shoring up, but no pass interference calls that I can remember. No pass interference calls, so, yep. That was a huge step in the right direction. And uh, so, you know, when Charlie Ward, uh, is it Ch the safety, uh, Jimmy Ward got injured. Jimmy so Ward. we'll see where he stands. So, he, and he's kind of the quarterback there in the back. But it was amazing to watch Justin Fields. You know, I wow. just remember him in college and that run he had where he was down got up, you know, went around the corner, made a move. And uh, I think a lot of people see that and go, you know, if you would have played Trey Lance all season, that's where he'd be at this point in the season. But that's just not what's going to happen here. They've decided to go with Jimmy. And, and actually, I'm going to mention this. You put out a tweet 
uh, might, might have been two weeks ago now, how Kyle doesn't nurture his players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great tweet. Harbaugh nurtured Alex That's Smith. That's what I think the biggest differential is between Harbaugh and Shanahan, just their, their different styles and their philosophies. And I always go back, and it, it, it gives me the goosebumps to just kind of watch how Jim Harbaugh treated Alex Smith, the way he spoke from him from day one, even though Alex Smith was spit out, chewed up and spit out by all the previous coaches, getting in sideline arguments with Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary making the comment, you need a, a quarterback to win football games in the NFL, didn't have a good relationship with Mike Nolan. And from day one, when Harbaugh took over, it was Alex Smith's our guy. We believe Alex Smith is a good quarterback in the NFL. Of course, it's the NFL is a business. You're constantly looking to get better. I don't hold Harbaugh trying to drafting and then replacing Alex Smith with Kaepernick against him. But the bottom line is that Harbaugh showed from day one he believed in Alex Smith and him getting firing him up on the sidelines before games. I miss seeing that kind of player-coach relationship. It's such an important position, like the quarterback position. And, of course, Harbaugh was a quarterback. He related to the players on the field. I just feel like it doesn't matter if you're a, a, a youth playing youth sports, a kid playing youth sports, a high school athlete you want to feel believed in. And it just always seemed like with Kyle Shanahan, he has these lofty expectations or his quarterbacks, his players in general, does not give out a lot of, of praise. And I want to say it was Jake Plummer who came out recently and said that with Mike Shanahan, he had a very hard time pleasing him, and he never felt like he was enough to Mike uh, Shanahan. So I thought that comment was pretty interesting, but it was nice to say to give Kyle Shanahan his credit. There was the video that the 49ers posted after the win of him talking to the guys in the locker room, and he acknowledges Mitch Wisnowski, who flew in at 7 in the morning. His wife gave birth. And he no, came baby, into girl. the game right after he shouted out his wife, gave the wife a game ball for having the baby out on time. So Mitch Wisnowski could hold kicks because he didn't have to punt yeah, one he time. Punt. He didn't have to punt. And then you hear him give the game ball to Jimmy. And you could hear it in his voice that Shanahan was proud. He was proud. And I thought that was, a, of course, there hasn't been a lot to be happy about over the last couple of weeks. But it was just really refreshing to see all of that and to see Garoppolo embrace the game ball, give his little post-game talk. It seemed like the players bought into what was going on and they were involved and happy for one another to kind of put to rest any sort of tension in the locker room regarding should it be Trey, should it be Jimmy? So I thought all that was interesting, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on my tweet of Shanahan not being nurturing, which was a strong quality I saw in Jim Harbaugh, to the ability to motivate and get the best out of each player. And Harbaugh is kind of, you know, hard-assed, you know, so yeah. it's, it's almost against his nature the way he did that with it. And then Alex had a concussion, if I recall, and then Kaepernick took over. And it happens all the time. And, you know, Cap was on a roll, so he stayed with him. But he nurtured both of them, so they pulled for each other. And I think you're seeing that with Jimmy and Trey. But Kyle just, uh, and as Jake Plummer mentioned, Mike Shanahan was tough on him. So we talked about this. Kyle probably wasn't nurtured by his dad, so yeah. he doesn't know how to nurture. But you also have this uh, – Kyle wasn't taking any accountability. Finally, yeah. after that fourth loss, he stood up and said, it's on me. And then to you know, put Ayuk and the different players in his doghouse, this public bashing of players – You know, we didn't have social media back in the day. And uh, you know, Bill Walsh would pull you aside. He'd show you some film. He'd have an assistant coach talk to you. So he didn't throw, he never threw any of us under the bus. Yeah. That's what I don't like about what Kyle was doing with IU, you know, on social media, you know, so take the guy aside, tell him what you want out of him, tell him what you're not seeing, what he needs to do and let him work on it and not be, you know, 
And then when uh, IU caught that, it was either a two-point conversion or a touchdown. Jimmy came up to him, and IU just walked away from him. You know, so I don't know what's going on between those two, but it was pre- pretty telling, and I'm not sure what's going on there. So, But I think Kyle maybe learned a little something in that four-game losing streak also. That and you saw it, like you said, in that post-game rant that you know he dropped about 10 F-bombs in that thing. Yeah. But he was just so excited and kind of brought the team back together. You and I have talked about and Trey might not have been Kyle's guy. And then you watch yep. Mac Jones against the Chargers just go up and down the field. You know, that's got to be driving him crazy too. So with that said, uh, maybe he's learning a little bit how to be a head coach and not an offensive coordinator. So uh, we'll see as we go from here, but uh, I think just keep your business in in house, you know, and uh, let you know guys like you, like Grant, let them throw the the seeds <laughs> out there and then let people react. Uh, you, you just don't need the coach saying this stuff in public. So definitely, and I have a question for you that was asked by James, one of our YouTube subscribers. Ask Mike who his favorite teammate was in SF. And Shu, while you answer that one, I'm going um, to close this door behind me real quick because the dog's coming back in. So go ahead and answer that one for James, your favorite uh, teammate in SF. My favorite teammate. Well, we all had, uh, you know, wide receivers. Uh, you know, when Joe came in, we were pretty close. I had a lot of fun with Joe. I called his, uh, his throw a tight wobble, you know, and he kind of didn't get it. I said, dude, can you throw a spiral? You know, and then Guy Benjamin came on. Uh, he and I were rookies together in Miami with the Dolphins. And then he was traded to New Orleans, and then Bill brought him out to San Francisco. So Guy and I were really close. Walt Downing was an offensive guard, played at Michigan. We were really close. And then Freddie Solomon, who was kind of a mentor for me, uh, the old wise Freddie, he was like our, our kind of team Yoda, uh, was a great guy from the South. You know, he played at University of Tampa, and I was at Florida State. So... Uh, you know, we were really close. And then Mike Wilson also came in as a rookie and Mike and I are still really good friends. And of course, Dwight and I, but, uh, you know, you kind of stayed within your position, you know, uh, and, uh, wide receivers, we kind of hung, but unfortunately there was only four back then. And when you competed against each other, Dwight and I always talked about this. We would have been a lot closer had we not be competing for the same job. So he moved me over to flanker, moved, uh, Freddie to split in with Dwight. And Mike Wilson and I played the flanker position. So uh, you, you got different phases of your career that you go through. And, uh, you know, when I was in uh, St. Louis, uh, Pat Tilly was a dear friend, and Roy Green. So, and they're guys that you stay in touch with, you know, high school, college, and the pros. And uh, so there's always a couple guys from each level that you played with that you stay in touch with. I, I, can't, I, can't, hear, I can't hear you, Nick. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, we've lost our sound here. Nope. Still not here. Can you hear me now? There you go. It's like the old, the old um, commercial. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right, here you guys. <laughs> Well, I was just saying thank you for sharing that for James. James asking the question of who your favorite teammate was. And James, thank you for subscribing to the YouTube channel, to the Faithful Fanatic podcast. Um, Moving on, you touched on something that Grant tweeted out, which was an interesting observation of Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel not participating in the celebration after Jimmy Garoppolo scored one of his rushing touchdowns. And I found that interesting 
because it's uncommon. You figure that when you score a touchdown, you take the lead. It's not like they didn't want to celebrate because they were still trailing. Of course, there was still work to be done, but that's definitely noteworthy that the players didn't want to come in and celebrate with their quarterback. And I loved the swagger and the moxie that Jimmy Garoppolo was playing with. He scored the touchdown, launched the ball into the the stands, which I thought was just so awesome. So I was really, really happy for him. And Ayuk had it his best game of the year. He was most, he was involved as much as he's been all season long. He had seven targets to Debo Samuel's nine. So they were both seeing the ball. It's not like the target share was completely lopsided. So I don't think Ayuk, at least this time around, has too much to be upset with. No, it's not upset. I just think early in the season, and this goes back to what you and I talked about, you know, you, you choose sides in the locker room when it comes to the quarterback. And here's two young receivers, Debo and Brandon, that, you know, probably were pushing for Trey Lance. You know, they preferred him. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, you're right. When, especially when a quarterback runs like that, you know, because uh, that's rare when Jimmy Garoppolo runs in two touchdowns in the same game. And uh, so something that, you know, it's easy for all of us to pick, pick that stuff apart. And who knows, they might have just been exhausted and just wanted to get over to the sideline and talk to him while he was over there. So. I don't. I noticed it, you know. So, and then Grant put it out there. So, it, it, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. But winning kind of takes care of everything, and uh, that's what we saw on Sunday. Absolutely. And let's give Debo uh, Debo Samuel some praise because he broke the 49ers record for most receiving yards through seven games with 819, and broke Jerry Rice's record of 781 receiving yards through a seven-game start to a season. Samuel's having a fantastic year, second in the league in receiving yards behind Cooper Cup, who played one more game than Samuel. So Samuel is currently leading the NFL in receiving yards per game. He's having and, a fantastic year. Well, I can already hear Jerry saying that uh, Debo catches one-yard passes or negative yardage passers on the screen and then turns them into yardage. So in some ways, he's more of a, I swear, he's more of a, you and I have talked about this, a weapon. He's kind of a running back slot receiver, and he has a little trouble, you know, on those drops, you know, and running routes and coming in with the force, you know, where IU goes up and grabs the ball and takes it out of the air. So it's kind of interesting to watch the two dynamics of both these receivers, and when they're both playing and involved, and then you get George Kittle back, you know, that's a team, a tough team to uh, take care of. So, uh, but Debo is just, he's a football player. I Absolutely. mean, guys bounce off of him. Uh, you know, he's just a pleasure to watch. And like Jimmy, if he can stay healthy, you know, uh, this team could just move forward with this win. And and when you lose four straight like that, I, I was, uh, God, I think in 79, we lost nine straight. And then in 81, we won nine straight. So I was on both <laughs> sides of that. Yeah, two, two and fourteen and seventy nine, and probably the best two and fourteen team in the history of the league. And then you know we won nine straight, lost on on our way to the Super Bowl. So it's tough when you lose at this level. You're getting paid, but it's just tough to lose, and it's easy to lose interest, and it's easy for a coach to lose the locker room. Urban Meyer is a perfect example of this in Jacksonville. Those guys are not playing at all for this coach. He's already lost that team, and they might as well get rid of him right now. So. But Kyle managed to bring this thing back around, and now let's see how he takes it from here. Absolutely. And we talk about how 
The 49ers picked up a win at such an important time, snapping their four-game losing streak and really just providing new life, a new outlook on the season. And you just take any win you can get when you've lost four games in a row, and they have a very important stretch coming up. And this is a great time to drop our DraftKings Sportsbook promo for the week. The Arizona Cardinals are on deck. They're up next. There's no line out just yet because Kyler Murray's status for the game is unknown. So Las Vegas hasn't released the line yet. Kyler Murray may not play because of the injury he suffered against the Green Bay Packers. But this is why you need to know the DraftKings promo. If you go to DraftKings right now using promo code TPPN and you place a $5 bet on any team to win their football game, a $5 bet on any team to win their football game, and that team wins, you'll receive $200 in free play. So a $5 bet being placed on a team that wins will result in $200 in free play using promo code TPPN. Let me share this for you guys nice and big. Promo code TPPN. DraftKings is the official sports partner of the NFL. If you do not have DraftKings Sportsbook in your state yet, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. And DraftKings gives away the shot at millions of dollars for free for first-time players. So download the DraftKings app today using promo code TPPN. And remember, a $5 bet on any team that wins will net you $200 in free play. That's at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So that's our DraftKings promo of the week for the DraftKings Sportsbook using promo code TPPN. Get that wager in. Utilize this promotion. A $5 bet being placed on the winning team will net you $200 in free play. How does that sound to you, Shu? Can't beat that. i tell you what. <laughs> It's amazing to me to see, you know, because gambling has become every sport now, you know, so uh, it's just, you know, it's about time they got in bed together. And, but what makes me sad though, is Pete Rose, you know, here's a guy that got caught gambling and now gambling's all over every sport. Uh, yep. Let's put this guy in the hall of fame, you know? So anyway, uh, no, that's a great deal. Five bucks there and then 200 to play with. So I, I might have to do that myself. Let me write this down. TPPN. It breaks my heart. Well, we have we're out here in California, so we have different exclusive offers. Yes. And I'm right. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the day that sports gambling's legal in all 50 states. I think that day is coming. coming up soon when you consider what else has been legalized over the last couple of years and it's um legal <laughs> in other states. So it's just a matter of time because this is a great, great, great promotion. But if you're like me, you're like Shu, you're out here in California, which I'm sure most of you are, you can still unlock exclusive offers using promo code TPPN. Let's talk about this upcoming streak for the 49ers. Again, this is a huge win. Their football odds, their percentages of making the playoffs with the win against the Bears went up 14%. So 14% higher than they were last week. They have a legit shot to 
get into the playoffs as a seven seed, maybe even the sixth seed, depending on how this upcoming stretch of football games go. It starts with Arizona, who may be without Kyler Murray. You play the Rams on Monday Night Football, and Kyle Shanahan has a ton of success against the Rams. He swept them two consecutive years in a row. Then you go to Jacksonville in what should be, I know you hate the word guaranteed win. You're an NFL football player. There's no such thing as a guaranteed win, but you, you got to like your chances going up against the Jaguars and what they've been dealing with. And then you play the Vikings, which could be the game that carries the most weight as far as the seventh seed goes, because the Vikings are right in that conversation. And the 49ers got some help last night with their loss to Dallas or two nights ago now. And then you play Seattle. If you can win three of your next four and somehow go into Seattle for Sunday night football early December with a winning record, that would be huge. But they have an opportunity right now to go on a little bit of a run and maybe they'll catch a break and play a Cardinals team without Kyler Murray. Well, they're a completely different team without him, obviously. Colt McCoy stays in the pocket, doesn't move around much. And, you know, he just makes so many plays. I think that's a game they can get. Now, the Rams Monday night, is that in at Levi or down? It's at Levi's. It's at yeah, Levi's. So there's another one that they could possibly get. But you get those two games in a row in your division, which is huge. It'd be easy to let down in Jacksonville, right? You beat the Cardinals and the Rams. Trap game. And we'll walk over them. Then you can go down there and then stink it up. So, and then, like you said, Minnesota is huge for the wild card at the end. So, uh, probably the key stretch of the entire season right here. Absolutely. And uh, it'd be interesting to see. I just can't even imagine the Cardinals without Kyler Murray. You know, I had it's, to I had to look up who the backup was. I'm like, Colt McCoy. He's Colt McCoy. You know, so he's a player, though. He's a veteran player. And, and he beat the Seahawks last year with the New York Giants. That's right. That's right. So he, he can play. So you just can't relax just because Kyler's not playing. Now, I thought Kyler was out, so he's questionable. If they were smart, they'd leave him out this game to have him for the rest of the season. You know, oh, stuff. absolutely. But that's a that's an interesting stretch. And, uh, you know, three three of the five are within the division. And at this time of the year, you've got to win your division games. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, that's what they're looking to do, taking them one at a time. And uh, it'll be interesting. You know, the Rams picked up Von Miller. And so the Rams are building through trades and veteran players, while the 49ers are trying to do it through the draft. And there's an argument with either one of them. You know, if you want to win right now and the expectations in pro football now are, you know, you don't develop players anymore. We got to win right now. And that's why people want to see Trey out there. So uh, it's going to be interesting. And somehow, in some way, they get around the salary cap. Well, they took on Von Miller. He was owed $9.7 million, And the Broncos are paying $9 million of that. Exactly. So, I saw you know, that. That's a great get for them. So uh, I'm, I hope Parak is watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but you know, some Sean McVay is willing to get bring those players in for the outside because you can also mess up a locker room with that. Whereas you know, the 49ers kind of stay in house, so uh, two different ways to go about it, and we'll see at the end uh, how it works out. But uh, I'd say right now, the Rams, I said at the beginning of the year, maybe the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC, mm-hmm. and uh, so we'll see what happens from there. But they're a tough team to beat, that defense is unbelievable, and uh. That might be a game where you see Trey Lance a little bit to offset maybe the pressure they're getting from the defense. So important stretch, got to win within a division. And uh, it's just fun now because we're excited again. You know, three weeks exactly. ago. Exactly. Oh, man, I can't, even, I can't even begin to fathom what right. things would be feeling like right now if they right. lost to the Bears. They, they lost. That was, you know, every game from here on out is a key game of the season. But Huge. 
that one was huge. So uh, go on the road and beat a team like that. It was, uh, you know, almost gave it away in the end. So 49ers still struggling on third down. I think they lead the league in red zone. Uh, 15 out of 19, they scored. But the Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is the most fourth, efficient quarterback in the in the red zone in the NFL. But they're fourth uh, in uh, uh, attempts uh, yeah. in the NFL in the red zone. So that's a that's little true. deceiving there. But uh, a lot of things have, they cleaned up. And uh, I think, like we talked about, that was a team we thought we were going to see at the beginning of the season. Well, yeah. And what's encouraging, and this is something that you acknowledged earlier in the show, as they come and this stretch of the most important football games of the season comes up, it's right around the corner. I mean, come on, you got three of the next five games are division games. You have a, a conference game with the Vikings, which could have wild card implications. Hopefully you can take care of Jacksonville. But what's nice about this stretch is you have the reinforcements on the way that you were talking about. Right. You have George Kittle, who's returning off of his calf injury. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Will he play this week? Who knows? His uh, practice window has opened up, though, and that's encouraging. You're going to get George Kittle back sooner rather than later. He hasn't had a huge impact uh, receiving-wise this year, but he's George Kittle. He's a huge threat, and we saw in the Packers game – he steps up in big moments during that what could have been Jimmy Garoppolo's game-winning touchdown drive. He caught that ball on third down, had de defenders flying all over him, similarly how we saw uh, the Saints in 2019. You have Jeff Wilson Jr. coming back, who I feel like will really help out this offense to give a little thunder and lightning with Elijah Mitchell, the speed I guy. Agree. Who I, I, love for power. Yeah. I love Jeff Wilson Jr. Hopefully he – transitions back to playing well and you know there's no hiccups with his recovery his practice window is open Robbie Gold of course doesn't have the big leg like Joey Sly but he's nails within 40 yards and you need those 40 yarders to be consistent and I can live with you know having to go forward on fourth and three from the 38 yard line because your kicker doesn't have a strong enough leg that's okay uh, Aziz Al-Shayer, the second-best linebacker on the team. Maybe that might be a little bit of a hot take alongside a Dre Greenlaw. Fred Warner's obviously number one. Aziz Al-Shayer, the second-leading tackler. He stepped up great for Dre Greenlaw, who should also be returning in the coming weeks. So there's a lot falling in place for the 49ers. It's all about just continuing to establish this identity as a run-first team like we saw with Eliza, Elijah Mitchell in the run game. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to build off of this performance, he has to string a couple of these games together in order for this team to make a serious postseason push where, you know, maybe they can even get as high as five, six. No, probably the five is a little. That's the first wild card spot. That might be too lofty. But the sixth spot, you never know. So this is a very, very, very important stretch of games coming up. And we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I think uh, you mentioned it too, uh... You know, the, Kyle's offense is run first and then play action off of that. And he stayed with it. You know, he seemed to be getting off track. And uh, I don't know, it's almost like he was bored or something. And uh, so and I know you've been a big uh, proponent of Jimmy being the quarterback most of the year. So uh, you're one of the few that hung on him. And uh, you kind of showed it. <laughs> I, I've so, been pushed. I've been pushed to the limit a couple times. No, I, I know. Say, I'll admit. He, like you said, he's got to string a couple games like this together. And I think. This might be the only second time he's played more than seven games in a season. It is. It you know? is. Can you yeah. So you know, we got to keep him healthy. He was limping a little bit after one of those runs, but that calf was probably, you know, uh, he was going on adrenaline there. So a uh, lot to look forward to. 
key stretch in the season, and uh, we'll kind of find out what the 49ers are all about. And it uh, seems like everybody's kind of back on the same page. Ayuk, you know, is back in the mix. Uh, you bring Kittle back. Now you can't double Debo, you know, because they were doubling uh, Kittle and freeing up Debo. So it'll be interesting. And uh, teams are getting kind of hip to that screen pass to Debo, though, because we they try to run that a lot. And uh, that, he broke that one, but the other ones he was uh, – pretty much shut down. So uh, I like to see him down the field a little more too. And, uh, you know, a little more, Jimmy's got some confidence, you know, throwing the ball deep. He's got to build off it. He's capable of doing it. Kyle's just got to let him go, you know, take the reins off of him for once, like he did in that game and let him play. You know, Jimmy's an athlete, you know, people don't realize that he's an athlete. You know, you can tell by just the way he runs on the field. He's got this great stride. So I'd like to see him let go. And it seems like this quarterback controversy is over. You know, For their now. best chance to get in the playoffs is with Jimmy Garoppolo. I agree. And Trey now has fallen even further behind because he hasn't played. So it's time now to just jump on Jimmy's bandwagon and let's ride it as far as we can. I, and I want to touch on that Samuel screen pass one more time because I feel like it might be the play that you reflect on if this team does go to the postseason and say that single-handedly saved the 49ers season. Because they were in a third and 20. You – have the bears. I want to say that there was a score scoring drive or maybe that was that the first drive out of halftime. I forget when exactly in the yeah, game, occurred, but there was not a lot of momentum at that point. And then here they come Debo Samuel third and 20, 85 yards, setting up the team for a touchdown. That was huge. And arguably the biggest game, the biggest play of the season at this point, but it's exciting. It's nice to have a victory Monday yesterday. You have a victory week. You talk about all these positive things after the previous month, this team went a full calendar month without winning a football wow. game where everything was negative. Everything was negative. And I myself am guilty of that, you know, leading charge on a lot of those fronts. But it's nice to give credit to Jimmy Garoppolo, to Kyle Shanahan, to the offense. And it's hopefully they just continue this momentum, ride out this wave, and it'll land them in a wild card spot. And Kyle Shanahan can kind of put to bed all of those whispers of, is this the right man? Those questions for the job. Yeah. I don't think, you know, Kyle's not going anywhere. You know, He's not. We, we had about a month ago said that, you know, his seat's getting warm, but it's, it's more warm. about how he's, he's learning as a head coach. You know, this is his fifth year now, I think with the Niners. So, you know, he, I think he finally realized some of his own faults and, you know, called himself out. You know, he kind of admitted, took some accountability finally. And, uh, Thanks to guys like you and Grant and everybody just hammering <laughs> on him on social media. Uh, so um, anyway, I, I think that it, they seem to have turned it around. And you're right. That play probably turned the whole season around. You know, and Debo, you get him going full speed. You do not want to hit him as a DB, you know, a cornerback. So uh, we just got to keep everybody healthy. We're getting people who have injured back. And uh, let's see where we go from here. This was great. I'd say it was about a 98% positive show tonight with a 2% sprinkled in a, maybe a, a negative comment or two, you know, right. reflecting on the past, but we kept it positive, which was the goal. And when you're coming off a four game losing streak and you win a football game, you got, you got to focus on the positives. You can't nitpick everything. Like the fact that the bears were one of the worst offensive teams in the league going to this game. We're not, I'm not, why am I even bringing it up? It was a great show. Shu, thank you for joining me again. Right, it's bye. a pleasure having you on as always. I appreciate it. And we'll be in touch soon. All right, buddy. Go Niners. Go Niners.